Chapter Nine of David Wark Griffith: A Brief Sketch of His Career by Robert Edgar Long. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by Mary Schneider. Chapter Nine: Intolerance. Love's struggle throughout the ages. During Griffith's stay in New York, tremendous scaffoldings began to make their appearance on a vacant lot across from Griffith's place at 4500 Sunset Boulevard, Los Angeles. The greatest mystery surrounded these operations, and the only explanation forthcoming from the carpenters was framed in the simple explanation, something the boss ordered. It was inconceivable to Griffith's associates that he could have been planning another big production while finishing the final scenes for The Birth of a Nation, but such was the case. The busy brain of the genius had long before the completion of the birth decided on his next production, and this decision had taken definite form in preliminary plans for an immediate successor to his greatest achievement. Although it was not known to any of Griffith's backers, he had placed an order for thousands of cords of lumber, several carloads of cement, and an equal quantity of paint and materials. Griffith himself saw these cars on a freight siding the very day he left Los Angeles with the precious print of the birth of the nation. And not any of those who accompanied him on that trip across the continent had any inkling of what he had seen to bring the broad smile of satisfaction to his lips. When Griffith returned from the east, an entire street of small houses had been completed, and even the flowers were blooming in the little yards fronting each of the cottages on another lot a high scaffolding topped by a hangman's beam reared its punishing head above the quiet little street of houses farther away a threatening prison stood gloomily by itself lacking only the inmates to complete its equipment adjoining this house of correction a large and commodious courthouse was in the course of construction into these scenes walked d w griffith remarking as he inspected each and every house well we are getting along faster than i expected in a few days large identification banners made their appearance on the fences indicating that the name of the production was to be the mother and the law in less time than the telling occupies players put in an appearance their apparel forecasted a modern story these players included may marsh robert harrod miriam cooper vera lewis margaret marsh alberta lee ralph lewis walter long fred turner and todd browning griffith soon took his place before the assembled players and read to them a story something as follows we are to deal with the common people the proletariat who are struggling against a set of social conditions as unfair as they are false an industrial magnet bent upon impressing the world with his so-called uplift work reduces the wages of his employees to gain enough money to further his false charities there is a strike at the mill wherein a man is killed the son of the murdered man leaves the mill town for the big city where he soon is drawn into vicious ways and thrown into the companionship of those who work in the darkness of night the young man's wife is robbed of their child by the charity workers who are financed by the former employer of the mill town then begins a fight on the part of the little wife and mother against the circumstances into which she has been forced then too follows the fight of the young husband to prove himself innocent of a crime of which he has been falsely charged 
in the end love and truth conquer intolerance and the unhappy little family is reunited in peace and joy he then reviewed the famous sticklow case wherein an innocent man was led to the scaffold four different times and as many times sent back to his cell on the appearance of some new evidence creating a doubt as to his guilt we will call our play the mother and the law he said and rehearsals will begin to-morrow morning at nine o'clock the more griffith thought of the plight of the little mother in her battle against existing social conditions the more the word intolerance presented itself to him the same intolerance he reasoned must have crushed the lives of others it must have dominated in paris back in the sixteenth century and before that in babylon in ancient nineveh before the coming of christ it must have been encountered also in jerusalem the golden in the time of the lowly nazarene as he recalled many stories of suffering and sacrifice stories remembered from the days when his sister mattie read to him there came to his mind mental images of the great characters of ancient days who had suffered from this same intolerance and oppression this same injustice and persecution one night following a particularly arduous day of rehearsals of the mother and the law griffith sought his usual relaxation reading quite by accident he picked up a copy of walt whitman's leaves of grass and began to peruse it his fingers turned back a page endlessly rocks the cradle uniter of here and hereafter fifteen years before when he was an actor in the louisville stock company he had read these same words how strange that they should come to him at this particular moment when his thoughts and reflections were on the very subject of joining the present with the past to show the intolerance of all ages endlessly rocks the cradle uniter of here and hereafter he read the lines again and again a sudden inspiration caused him to pick up paper and pencil he jotted down his thoughts a girl seated at a cradle rocking forever rocking the mother of time endlessly rocking the children of destiny in the cradle of life back and forth to and fro tenderly watching the human atoms who suffer through intolerance through the veil of his thoughts there came to him a vision of his own struggles and of the struggles of his father before him the intolerance of war and what it had meant to his people the intolerance of his first experiences the intolerance he had just passed through with the birth of the nation the censors the politicians the money-grabbers in his own mind he settled it once and for all time he would turn the mother and the law into a series of episodes each showing the intolerance of oppression and suspicion throughout all the ages he would begin the series with the very story that was to have been the complete narrative of the mother and the law this would be the first episode the modern episode he would write his own scenario it would be called in his own mind love's struggle throughout the ages and would begin with the mill strike in the small town griffith tried to sleep but hypnos would not be wooed in his restlessness he devised the entire journey through the ages starting with the intolerable deceit and treachery in the days of babylon in five thirty nine b c and ending with the present-day story of the little mother who fought against the same measure of injustice at the hands of law and order the composite story would begin with a slim little modern girl in a quaint little cottage honeysuckled fragrant and she would get into all sorts of experiences 
then the tide would turn and another little girl the friendless one would be caught in the meshes of the city's undercurrent you would then have enough of the story of modern life and would be ready to travel new roads over new fields on the great adventure these paths would take you to paris in the sixteenth century imagine it the gayest naughtiest happiest handsomest prince in the world henry of navarre would come white plumed down the flag-draped streets of paris bowing and smiling to thousands of gaily dressed men and women and as he passed you on his magnificent caparisoned war-steed an occasional roguish glance would flash through the masks of the beauties of the court watching him on his way masked because they were considered too beautiful to be looked at closely by common eyes you would see so near that you need but reach out to touch her marguerite of valois her black eyes flashing mischievously through her mask she is to marry henry of navarre to-morrow night you hear the people gossip last night she entertained the duc de guise instead of the man who is to be her husband but what of that life is life isn't it you would behold the court of france there would be the tapestried embroidered hand-carved halls reaching a half mile into distance you would see charles the ninth on his throne there would be catherine de medici with her flying squadron the most famous beauties of france gathered about her you would see all france from her king down to her most lowly subject from the masked beauties of the court to the simple little huguenot girl in the religious atmosphere of her peasant home and then the magic wand would wave you would be taken in the very wind of time back to an ancient day back to babylon to nineveh and you would behold the celebrated feast of belshazzar the most gorgeous banquet in all history you would be placed so near to prince belshazzar you could almost reach out and shake hands with him you could see the very pupil of his eye grow small as he rides his war-steed or enjoy the happiness of his smile as he looks at his adored one his princess beloved you would pass through the great gate of imgerbel into the city of babylon pass by the giant walls three hundred feet high exactly as they were the day belshazzar drove his chariot of gold along the tops of their dizzy heights again on the great adventure you will see outside the gate of babylon a little mountain girl who has come down from her home on the hills to buy a new dress and whose journey has brought her into the very thickest of a conspiracy between the high priest and cyrus king of the persians for the overthrow of mighty babylon and you would see cyrus in his own camp preparing for the attack on babylon and then would follow the attack itself and the counter-attack by the armies of babylon and then the great walls would fall and you would hear the mighty cry that went up babylon is fallen is fallen again would wave the magic wand then back to france to see the fighting in the streets as the massacre reached its height away from france you would be whisked this time to jerusalem in the time of jesus of nazareth you would enter through the gates of jaffa the city beautiful you would go among those people of old selling vegetables peddling doves with them hearing the soft voices of lovers among the clamor and wrangle of the marketing crowds the crowds would part a friend of the great caesar visiting from rome and borne on the necks of men would go by wise men from the far east with trains of camels farmers with wooden ploughs upon their backs 
fruit sellers with dates and melons and baskets of grapes would offer you their product you would see mary of magdala slave-born in a silken palanquin wrapped in soft linens and clinging garments her black eyes glowing softly through a lacy veil the pendulum of time again would sway from jerusalem you would be carried back again to france where catherine de medici has begun the intolerant massacre of st bartholomew and what a massacre then back once more to the modern story where you would discover that the little modern girl is attempting to save her husband from paying the extreme penalty of an intolerant law then to babylon again to see the little mountain girl going back to her home in the hills her attempt to save belshazzar a failure her fight against intolerance a losing one and finally each of the journeys you had made would end in one swiftly rushing denouement the greatest adventure would leave you bigger broader better happier than you ever have been in all your life you would have seen with your own eyes the intolerance of all the ages and you would have a finer sympathy for mankind and womankind a more unselfish attitude toward those who suffer toward life itself intolerance what name could be more applicable for has not the misery of the world been brought about through intolerance through the insufferable inhumanity that man has shown toward man intolerance was the name griffith chose for his composite story and before daybreak he had the whole tremendous idea clearly worked out the following morning he assembled his company and told each of the players that the mother and the law would become but a fourth part of a bigger finer story of life i have planned to have one theme told in four separate stories he explained and these stories will begin like four currents looked at as from a hilltop at first the four currents will flow far apart slowly and quietly but as they flow they grow nearer and nearer together and faster and faster until in the end in the last act they mingle in one mighty river of expressed emotion thus intolerance was understood and begun griffith spent long weary hours with his casting director selecting the players who would have prominent parts in each of the four episodes his first selection was miss lillian gish for the symbolic character of the woman who rocks the cradle of humanity the golden-haired fairy girl whose eternal rocking would form the golden thread that would bind together the four stories of love's struggle throughout the ages as the cast for the mother and the law already had been in rehearsal there were no players to consider for the modern story hence the first cast would be the players to appear in the judean story or as it was later called the religious story for this griffith selected lillian langdon olga gray bessie love eric von stroheim and a number of minor players for the medieval french story these players were chosen marjorie wilson eugene Pallette, spotswood aitken ruth handforth a d sears frank bennett maxfield stanley josephine crowell georgia pierce w e lawrence and joseph henneberry for the babylonian episode the selections included constance talmage elmer clifton alfred paget cena owen carl stockdale tully marshall george siegman elmo lincoln robert lawler loyola o'connor james curley kate bruce howard scott alma rubens ruth darling margaret mooney 
george fawcett mildred harris pauline stark and winifred westover it was not many days before intolerance became the talk of los angeles the news spread rapidly to every section of the united states for tourists seeing the huge alabaster elephants rearing their heads some three hundred feet above the level of sunset boulevard carried back to their homes the news that that griffin man is doing something wonderful out on the coast as the work progressed from day to day the giant buildings of babylon reached heavenward in their mighty grandeur and the roars of nubian lions could be heard for miles across the quiet california valleys soon the griffith lot was filled with a motley gathering of persians egyptians babylonians priests dancing girls charioteers mighty warriors striking mill-workers and birds and beasts of prey the luncheon hour on location composed one of the most picturesque scenes ever witnessed by human eyes at some times there were as many as fifteen thousand men women and children scattered about the various lots during the noon hour thousands of horses and sheep grazed along the green enclosures their shaking heads mingling with the flashing swords and helmets of the fighting men when the great mob scenes were being photographed it seemed as though the entire population of los angeles had come out to griffith's lot to take part in the various pageants and mighty rushing armies actors from other studios many of them prominent stars joined in the scenes anxious to be ever so small a part of this greatest production of modern times perhaps the most notable feature of the entire achievement is the fact that although almost countless thousands were employed in the various scenes including the terrific conflicts waged on the parapets and mighty walls and towers there were only sixty-seven players injured and these only slightly to care for these and others who might become indisposed during the action a modern field hospital with surgeons nurses stretcher bearers and ambulances was maintained many amusing incidents crept in to relieve the tension under which griffith and all his workers labored on one occasion de wolf hopper came out to look things over standing on the director's platform with mr griffith he observed an automobile passing through the streets of jerusalem its only occupant was a man clothed in a snow-white robe that's far enough said griffith you may enter the scene from there hopper turned a puzzling face toward griffith who is that he asked that is jesus of nazareth answered griffith well exclaimed hopper i have lived to see christ enter jerusalem in a ford it would be utterly impractical to go into details in explanation of the various elements which entered into the making of intolerance the following brief facts may serve to give a somewhat comprehensive idea of the cost of the production the banquet hall scene for the feast of belshazzar two hundred and fifty thousand dollars jeweled costume worn by the princess beloved seven thousand dollars trailing cape worn by the princess beloved one thousand forty daily payroll for period covering four weeks twelve thousand salaries paid to dancing girls at feast of belshazzar twenty thousand daily payroll for extra players and supernumeraries for one week eight thousand building construction and cost of equipment three hundred and eighty thousand costumes and uniforms with their accessories two hundred and thirty thousand thus it will be seen that there has been no exaggeration in the published statements that intolerance was given to the play-going public 
at a total cost of more than one million nine hundred thousand dollars in completing his production griffith actually took three hundred thousand feet of film in the process of discarding and changing two hundred and eighty seven thousand feet were eliminated and placed on the shelves as unused material thirteen thousand feet finally were assembled and titled as the complete production to be shown to the public when griffith left los angeles with the priceless film in his possession he was given a send-off that must have warmed the cockles of his heart everyone who was anyone in the film world was interested in the success of the production that for the better part of two years had occupied the attention of the city and surrounding country and they came to the station to bid godspeed to the man who had labored unceasingly intolerance was shown for the first time at the liberty theatre new york the scene of the triumphant the birth of the nation on september sixteenth nineteen sixteen before one of the most notable gatherings in the history of the city some idea of its reception may be gained from the following letter sent to griffith by rabbi isidore myers Quote, i consider intolerance the work of a master who has produced with head and heart something that will reach the hearts and consciences of men and women of the present age End quote. intolerance enjoyed the approbation of the new york public until past the holidays and seldom was shown to an empty seat throughout its entire engagement playing to an afternoon and evening audience every day including sundays the new york engagement was followed by similarly successful runs at clune's auditorium los angeles at the colonial theater chicago the columbia theater san francisco and later in all the principal cities throughout the united states and canada on the night of april sixth nineteen seventeen the very day the united states severed diplomatic relations with germany and entered the world war d w griffith personally presented intolerance at the drury lane theatre london its reception abroad was little short of sensational and griffith was hailed again as the supreme dramatic genius of america he was called before the curtain and forced to make a speech to the enthusiastic audience the following month another special company carrying a full orchestra and a choir of trained voices presented intolerance in the principal cities of australia and new zealand while other companies were organized as rapidly as possible to tour the continent throughout its entire career intolerance never was shown except in first-class theaters and at prices customarily charged for first-class productions to a friend who asked griffith why he had chosen bygone days as the setting for his production he quoted the poem of longfellow why touch upon such themes perhaps some friend may ask incredulous and to what good end why drag into the light of day the errors of an age long passed away i answer for the reason that they teach the tolerance of opinion and of speech End of chapter nine